Welcome to the Biz and Mayhem podcast, where we talk about the mayhem in our lives and how to get ahead in business and your career. This is Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Let's get started. Hey, Tara, welcome to another episode of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. What's going on tonight? Not much. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. We're still <laughs> locked down in the COVID. Locked and, down. Uh, we are no, locked down. We, we ventured out a little bit, but not not a whole bunch, right? Yeah. I don't venture out much at all unless it's, if it requires a face mask, I'm usually homebound. So <laughs> I, I have my boundaries. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've noticed that I've kind of avoided going into places that I would have normally gone into to spend a couple bucks here and there. And right. I'm, now I'm going, ah, I've got to put my face mask on. <laughs> I'll, I can skip getting that, you know, that yeah. soda at, at the convenience store. So, well, yeah, and there's some places that have these signs posted that you have to wear a mask or that masks are required or they state the mandate for the region. And uh, I ignore those and walk right in. And I think there's only one retailer that will stop me or try to stop me as I'm walking past. And do you have a face mask is the very same question they ask me over and over and over again. And I'll just say, no, thank you. And I keep walking, but it's a retailer who has been, for lack of a better way to put it, to make our anti-maskers happy, has been exposed for not in enforcing the mask thing to avoid conflict, to avoid issues. They'll just let people shop no matter what. Um, yeah. And other places they have the mask post. They I mean, they have the thing posted, the, the, oh, the, the sign, but you know, there are not very many, but I'll walk in and they're just like, hey, how are you doing? Nobody, I mean, they're wearing a mask, but they don't care if you are, despite the sign. So I think there's a passive aggressive message um, being put out there by our, our local retailers anyway. They're saying we don't want to do this, but if we want to stay open, we have to. Yeah, well, maybe we can get into this a little bit next week. But there was just some news that came out that the CDC had uh, updated their, um, I guess, their recommendations to yeah. people who travel to say that, no, you don't have to quarantine for 14 days now. Oh, I, guess. I hadn't seen that. Um, so I, that's why I said maybe we need to talk about it next uh -huh. time because I didn't get a chance to read the article. And I'm sure there's more to it than just that headline. But oh, I'm sure. Certainly more to come as we learn learn about this virus and what it does and doesn't do and how it works yeah. and all that kind of crazy stuff. So. Yeah. Yes. In due time. In due time. This is the Newsroom. I see something very interesting on here that actually makes me a little tearful that you. Yes. Yeah, the, the first article we have here is really uh, kind of sad. Um, yeah. And it was a, a story about um, a little boy, a five-year-old boy um, who was riding his bicycle and uh, got shot by an adult and killed. Well, not just and, any adult, uh, a neighbor, a, yeah, neighbor, a neighbor, a friend of the parents. Uh, I guess he wandered into the guy's yard and I, you know, what's complicating this whole thing is, uh, is the issue of race. Of course, the little boy is white and the man who shot him was black. And so, uh, there's a big, you know, hubbub now about, um, hashtag say his name because, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, issue here is that, uh, people are saying that the media has not covered this, um, really much at all. Um, right. certainly not to the extent of, uh, of some of the other, uh, racially based, uh, incidents that have, that have happened. So, um, so now it's, uh, you know, they're saying it's a media blackout or everybody's yeah. talking conspiracies, that sort of thing. I mean, all in all, it's a really sad story and it should have never happened. Um, right. I do understand that the person who shot him has been arrested and is you know going through the whole, uh, you know, waiting trial and that sort of thing. So that's mm -hmm. good. Um, but really, this is just something that should have never happened. Well, it, it, I agree. And the parents, family of the boy who was murdered, the boy was, his name is Cannon. I think it's Hennett. And his father, Austin, is saying that they don't think it's a racial issue. They're friends with this guy. The guy that, or they were friends, I guess, is the operative <laughs> verb. Were, but, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, they, they, I guess that within the last um, day or two of this young boy's life being taken from him, the father and the shooter had had a beer on the front porch. Wow. Of the, I mean, they had just literally been neighborly and they were friends and, you know, nobody had any issues anywhere. Despite that this guy, this, the shooter, and I can't think of his name to save my life right now, but he's got a, a, a criminal history involving drugs. Right. And, but the parents didn't seem to be bothered by that. If they knew the the reports that I have read don't indicate one way or another, but 
Yeah, mm-hmm. they, the father and the shooter had just had a beer a day or two before on the father's front porch with the, I mean, and so and they, it's a, it's a, it's not a blended family. They're not um, divorced or anything. They all, the family, the mom and dad and kids all live in the same house. The boy was killed in front of his seven-year-old and eight-year-old sisters while they were wow. riding bikes out in the front yard. And so it's like, and, but the, the, the family's claiming no racial issue. Maybe that's what the, the media doesn't find so sexy about the story. Right. Is that it's not racially motivated, but even if it was a racial thing, if it, if it, let's say it is, um, you know, a, a BLM movement support act or something along those lines, would the media have reported on it anyway? I don't think they would have. Yeah, and I, 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 uh, I, I mean, I see here people are saying that CNN, NBC News, CBS yeah. News, and ABC didn't cover it, um, and the, you know, word mostly spread on Facebook, and so that's how I saw it. Now, if uh, there's an, I looked into some other reports, and it looks like as of Monday. So, what is is today Monday? What is today? I don't know. What today is whatever it's as of recent um because there's a day backlash. that's not saturday or sunday i know that <laughs> right. for a fact it's somewhere in the week um yeah but now those major media outlets both um printed and not printed are starting to pick up the story and i think it's probably only because they've taken a lot of backlash um fox right. news did capture the story they did report on it and they were the only ones according to everything that i've read that reported on it so that's that and I know they're um, a, a right-leaning group, but man, they're getting ready to draw me in if if they're prepared. And they report on stuff like this. They report on COVID back when it wasn't COVID, and they tend to to put things out there before um, the other outlets do. I don't know, but yeah, this is terrible. It's it's not. Yeah, right. it's really sad. And uh, I mean, this guy's probably got some mental health issues because a normal person just wouldn't shoot a kid like that. God, I mean, I'd uh, hope execution style even. Yeah. Did you see I, that? Execute walked up to his head and shot him execution style. Yeah. I mean, I mean just... there's obviously something really wrong with this guy. And uh, the bigger question is, you know, if he's he's had issues like that, and you know, um, why didn't why didn't people know about it or you know why do you have a gun? Why do you have a gun? He's a convicted felon. I thought mm-hmm. if you're a felon, you lose your rights to have a gun. So there's yeah. that whole question. Uh, you know, clearly, you know, the laws weren't being followed here. And the question is, who's at fault for not following the laws? Um, oh, it's... You know, if, if the state was aware that he had a gun and allowed him to keep it, then there's a big liability there, I think. Yeah. Well, and kudos to everybody who has donated to the GoFundMe page. I guess they have, um, they've raised over $770,000 for That's this amazing. little boy. Well, we'll, and the goal we'll put was the link 000. to the GoFundMe ship here. Yes. <laughs> We'll put the link to the GoFundMe in the uh, in the show notes here, but uh, if anybody wants to go donate, but yeah, this is a terrible story all the way around, and um, you know, it's uh, it's it's sad on a lot of fronts. It is. It's it's very as a I can't imagine as a I'm a parent, Chris. You're a parent. I can't imagine having my five year old gunned down in front of my house for any reason. Yeah. For any it, it's reason. Terrible. It is. So I, that's enough sad news. <laughs> yeah you know that's is there happy news in the news though i mean there, there is um, i actually came across some kind of fun stuff here um so did you know ryan reynolds oh, so you, you have uh any anytime you say ryan reynolds yeah, you just start to crack going. up right because he's <laughs> i mean he's, uh, deadpool i mean <laughs> deadpool yeah he's uh the star of deadpool wade wade wilson you know um, yes. the Merc with a mouth is, is his nickname. <laughs> and, uh, he, he's just a genuinely funny guy. Um, and, and I really like his humor style. Uh, but did you know, uh, so you have Netflix and Hulu and Amazon prime. And did you know that he launched yeah. a new streaming service? I, I, I read your article and I did not know until I read that. And I, I, I to be honest, Chris, I cringed because it's Ryan Reynolds and you know, it's gotta be something funny and something out there. Cause he's not known for being, He's like the comedic eclectic kind of guy. So, he what, is. so what did he so do? So he, um, he, you know, he's, he's making fun of the fact that there's all these streaming services, right? Um, so he launched his own streaming service. The only twist is it only has one movie on it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it basically has a movie that he was in, in the eighties, apparently that basically nobody's heard of. Right. So <laughs> the, the, the service oh. is called mint mobile plus the world's, most affordable streaming service, and I'm I'm guessing that's because it's free. I'm, I'm not, I didn't see how much it cost to go to it, but oh, well, uh, he's, he's actually set this up, and uh, 
you, I, you know, good on him. I think I think it's a good way to bring light to the fact that, you know, back in the day you had cable TV and you could watch pretty much anything on cable or you could go to the movies. And right. now you got 65 different services and you got to try and figure out who's playing the movie that you want to see and where is it and how much oh, is it going to cost. It's, it's like the hunt for the Red October when you're trying to find a movie. We were trying to watch The Princess Bride the other night. We had to go through three different apps to find the stinking movie. So, yeah, yep. it's a pain. So he needs yeah, to it, he needs to capture what everybody else is missing and put it on there. Yeah, he's done he's done great stuff, and uh, he had his a Princess Bride uh, tie-in. Did you know that? No. So you can that? watch um, Deadpool two. They have the uh, uh, I forget the name of it here, um, but it's basically they do uh, Deadpool two with a twist of Princess Bride because uh, he apparently captured Corey Feldman, who was the little boy in the bed in Princess Bride. And uh, he that's, takes, no, that's not Corey Feldman. That's Fred Savage. Fred Savage. Sorry, you're right. So he <laughs> he takes Fred Savage and he tapes oh. him to a bed, and they recreate the bedroom from the Princess <laughs> Bride. And he uh, he basically reads him the story of Deadpool. Oh my that, gosh. Deadpool two, really. So yeah, that's. <laughs> I forgot about the, uh, that. That's funny. <laughs> uh, I forget what the name of it is. I'm, I'm going to look it up now. Of the uh, the of what you forgot the name of what the the name of the because it was the uh, once upon a Deadpool is the name of it because they came out with Deadpool two I think right and then they came out with this once upon a Deadpool which is kind of a spoof on a spoof right right so oh my gosh yeah. that's funny I, I I think he comes up with some pretty awesome stuff he does he's hilarious I he's I think you're right he's just a genuinely good guy and what what you see is what you get from him and he picks roles that are pretty close to home with him. Um, so he'd be fun to sit down and have a drink with and just watch him go. It'd be oh great. yeah. So yeah. You just, anybody you knows him, hook us up. We'd love to sit down and just listen to him. Right. <laughs> Wade Wilson for biz and mayhem podcast. <laughs> Make it happen. That's right. Help us out. <laughs> no, that's, that's fun news. I like that. It's um, not as dumb as the next thing on our list of things to talk about. So um, Chris, you've got a pretty common name, don't you? I would say. Oh yeah. Chris is common, but my last name, everybody jacks up and it's <laughs> cracks me up every time it happens. How do they jack up that last? I have neighbor, I have family members with the same last name spelled differently. Um, but how do they jack that up? How do you possibly? Mess uh, that I up? got, I got Bachelli, Bachelder, <laughs> you know, I, everything. It's oh just, my God. Just say it like an unmarried man. You'll be just fine. It's spelled uh, a little differently. It's pretty close. You'll be cool. It's yeah. fine. So I have a name that is, I mean, Tara is not the most common name in the world, but to me, it's, it's been my name forever. It's not the name I wanted for a long time. I wanted to change my name to Margaret when I was a child. Um, and that's because of Hot Lips Hulahan, but that's a, it's for another show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Well, you should not have told me that about you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, unfortunately, you know me on that level and probably could, yeah, that's no. That, that um, will come up randomly. I can assure I'm, you. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will explain myself now before I go into too much trouble. Um, yeah. but, so my name gets mispronounced often. And because it's my name, I know how it's supposed to be pronounced. And I do get a little irritated when I right. hear people mispronounce it. But for those who don't know, I just simply correct them. I'll hear Tara and, um, you know, some form of that, that, uh, that kind of A that I guess, I don't know if it's a short A or long A, whatever it is. I wasn't ever good at that part of math, uh, not math, English. See how good I am. So I'll hear Tara. When I hear Tara, I'll politely say, no, oh, my name is pronounced Tara. Now, there's been a couple of times, one in particular call center gal from Louisiana said, you know, blah, 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 Tara. I'm like, yeah, it's Tara. She goes, are you sure it's in it, Tara? I think it's Tara. I'm like, no, it's my name. And <laughs> it's telling you how to spell you. She was. Say your name. She was. Now, there is um, another person who has heard my name several times. They have known me for months now. And so they've heard my name spoken the correct way for months and has insisted upon calling me Tara here recently, and she has said my name appropriately before, but all of a sudden she's changing it. So it's like, oh, I know what you're doing there, and I don't appreciate it, so I, I'm going to correct you. So we have a VP candidate on the Democratic side, and her, her name right. is spelled K-A-M-A-L-A. -A -A. It's a lot of A's in a name, but I get it. Okay. So I'm looking at it, my first thought is, is Kamala, right? Maybe. Right. I don't know. Somebody's got to pronounce it for me. So Apparently, if you are a Republican, according to the article in the show notes, and you mispronounce her name and you happen to be part of the Trump campaign, you're a racist. Really? Did you, did you know that? 
This That's, is new for me. <laughs> so no joke. They are stating that Trump and Pence and they, I mean, the Democrats, um, and they've got, you know, there was a recent Democratic National Convention. Um, this was articles dated for what? It's dated back on the 22nd, so it's fairly recent. But Julia Louis Dreyfus, Julia Louis Dreyfus, I don't know how you say her name. So there's. Not you're racist, but you can't say her name. And she's white, so go figure. So, you can be racist against white people. I, apparently, that's a little bit of a self painting thing, though, if I'm white. So she and a presidential, former presidential candidate, Andrew Yang, um, can, they, they can. They were saying Mike Pence's name incorrectly, and they, it was a it was a spoof, right? They're comedians, or one of them is a comedian. Mm-hmm. Well, well, now they're going so far as to say there's other people out there who are saying if you don't pronounce Kamala's name, and it's and from the way you're reading it, it's pronounced Kamala. So the the ex, the accent is put on the first syllable Kamala Kamala. Okay. Um, or if in her her own biography, she says it's comma, like C-O-M-M-A, law, like the punctuation mark, comma, law. So okay. I, I see two different things there, but whatever. But if you don't say it properly and you're on Trump campaign, you're a racist. You're racist. You're racist. Even so, I find a lot wrong with this, first off, because I'm coming from that angle. My name gets jacked up and your name gets jacked up. And, once, and even those who know, I mean, I've, I've corrected people and they continue to pursue the idea like, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not said that way. Well, I'm sure there's multiple ways to say this woman's name. Like there's not one way to say it right. the same way as there's not one way to pronounce the name. I've seen like the name um, uh, Michelle, when you take that name M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E and you put an A on the end of it instead of an E, it's all of a sudden it's it's Michaela. People don't know that, but that's the way to pronounce that. It's also Michaela. Mm-hmm. So there's multiple ways to do it. It just depends on who you are and what your parents decided and what you got stuck with. Right. So I find this to be a really long reach on the side of the Democrats saying that this is a, a, yeah. a form of race. Like we are overusing the term racism at this point. Well, and, we're and, and then when you, when you overuse something like that, all you do is you delete its meaning, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. Which good. Delete the meaning it of it. The, it gets to the point where everybody just goes, you know, okay. Well, yeah. So what? <laughs> Right. And then and then that's the worst thing that can happen, I think, because then when you truly do have instances of racism, then they become marginalized. Yeah. Well, you know, there's I've never heard her correct anybody ever. Kamala, I've never heard her once correct anybody in the Democratic debates, the any sort of online. I've never in person on never. I've never seen her correct somebody. And that tells me. It's like I, I, when somebody has a name that can be shortened, like Michael can be shortened to Mike, you know, mm-hmm. I always ask them, what do you prefer? Like my, I've got a neighbor, his name is Michael. He prefers Michael. I've got a coworker. His name is Michael. He prefers Mike. I've got a sibling the same way. And so you, I, I'm polite enough to ask because I don't want people jacking up my name. Are they nice enough to ask me how to pronounce my name? No, they don't. And that's yeah. okay. They learn. But seriously, yeah, I've never I've, heard her correct anybody, so I'm having some credibility right. issues with this one. I think this is really petty. And this is the Associated Press, right? So this uh, is supposedly, this yep, by Sarah Burnett. Yep. I hope yep. I said her right name right because <laughs> I don't know if she's black or white or purple I, or green. I, I didn't want to be racist there. Well, you but, would think, you would, well, is it Sarah? I've seen several variations of Sarah, Sarah. Say, do, you uh, remember, uh, do you remember Joe Dirt? Yes. And he's like... It's Joe Dirt-Tay. Yeah, right. French. <laughs> French. <laughs> so exactly. it's, it's, you know, things like yeah. this. It's like, I mean, this I know I get irritated, but come on. If she's not correcting people, I think you are really uh, just uh, get over it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think they, they're trying to make something out of nothing here. And, yeah. and I think they're just. They're just not doing they're, anybody any favors. They're going to piss off the general population and they're going to vote in November. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. are you, did you want to guarantee Trump's win? Because you're on target for it. You're so on track. Hey, go ahead. speaking of voting, are you going to vote by mail? No, I'm going to go in. I mean, they're going <laughs> to require masks and I'm going to yeah, yeah. try not to, but... No, I, I'm not comfortable with the vote in voting. Vote in voting. I'm not comfortable with the mail in voting. Well, <laughs> if you know I, I'm do less that. comfortable with the mail in voting after uh, reading this article here. And uh, <laughs> right? the article is major U.S. postal worker unions endorse Biden for president. So yes. you've got the conflict of interest here, right? Because you have the 
the people that are tasked with collecting the mail-in ballots, if they do a mail-in ballot, and delivering yeah. those. And I would assume that even during a normal election, the U.S. Postal Service has some sort of contact with ballots, right? Um, yeah, I think well, FTP I've got my ballots. mail-in ballot here, so I know they have. They brought it to me, yeah. so they have to take it away from me, when they, but I won't use it. Um, so the, but- the question is, what, what happens if the you know there's some nefarious effort on the side of the postal office, U.S. post office, that they lose votes or whatnot and uh, and it can change the election because a lot of these elections are really mm-hmm. close, right? Well, by the, yeah, there's, um, I don't know about the electoral college part. I mean, there's there's always some sort of shift or something somewhere that they are, at, they're not the landslides that they used to be. No, there's no clear winner and it's, it's pretty much a Vegas gamble towards the end anymore. Yeah. But yeah, this is a pretty influential group from what I've been reading. It's um, a group of current and retired Postal workers mm-hmm. it's from the U.S. Postal Service. So that's kind of scary to me. That means there's some people out there who aren't even delivering the mail that are speaking in such a manner to influence those who do carry the mail. So there's a lot of pressure coming yeah. at somebody. I would wonder how what the split is of actual postal carriers if they really are, you know, majority for Republicans or for Democrats or independent or, you know, where they're. I mean, I would guess is that they're probably a large enough group that they, their, their um, political leanings are probably pretty congruent with the rest of the mm-hmm. population, right? So you would think so, but it's well, you know, you have to kind of have to put in there too, though, that the only people who are talking are the ones that have the same view repeatedly. The, the, the silent majority, as it used to be known, um, they tend to keep their mouth shut until just the right moment. And that's typically at voting, it seems like. Um, I think that's why right. Trump is in office right now is despite all of the net- negative rhetoric we heard from the masses throughout his first campaign, he still won. Right. And so, and, and everybody thought there's no way he would win because all they heard in the media was he's awful. He's terrible. He'll never win. He'll never make it. And there he is. Yeah. And so I'm, um, I'm kind of wondering how many people this is pissing off again, keep pissing off the voters. They're going to vote in November. And Trump is just, Mm -hmm. he's on the yellow brick road heading towards Oz once again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So we'll see how this, uh, how this plays out, but uh, certainly uh, not very encouraging to see, you know, see politics at that level. No, it's not. It's um, it kind of, I'm a, I love political conspiracy theories. I love political shows. They breed They kind of feed into my conspiracy theories. And this is one of those, like I've seen this episode before and they lose in the end. So mm-hmm. right. but, um, if you go, you got to check out the show notes if you're listening right now and check out this particular article because as Biden is writing something down on a desk somewhere uh, with the Biden Harris background, which are a whole other set of memes I think are hilarious, although highly inappropriate, his mask <laughs> is formed and is sitting approximately it looks like like i don't know 18 inches away from him just sitting on the desk just it's like um i think that's actually not how you're supposed to treat those (laughs) but you know i digress Uh, they're they're you know just gonna throw that out there it's fun yeah no (laughs) everybody needs those except for me because not (laughs) (laughs) that's the attitude right well i know every i don't care who wears them you can wear them you don't have to wear them but forcing somebody to wear them i'm kind of like i'm gonna need a drink before we discuss that one (laughs) all right well speaking of politics should we do the career workout we should do the career workout it's time to work that career and lift and push and lift and push you got it now harder lift and push it's the career workout that's so your article here is uh office politics as if politics weren't enough so right so i mean so before we get started i'm gonna crack one open here (laughs) just for the record it's a diet pepsi but i'm gonna pretend it's (laughs) you're pretending something else i should have brought my wine next time i'm gonna have my wine in front of me yeah we can do we can do that i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna start doing it it'll make it more fun there's Um, no laws against drinking and (laughs) podcasting right so um there's i'm working from home but that doesn't as, as at first the office politics were pretty light and they are starting to creep um talk about scope creep if you will um and so I found this article thinking, God, this is kind of 
really great advice for right now. And it's four rules to live by if you're dealing with office politics and it comes from the fastcompany.com website. I'm not familiar with this one yet, but we're going to learn more about it. So this article talks about how do you deal with office politics? And that's one of the things I have heard over the years. And Chris, you can probably hop on board with this one, that office politics is something that it sounds like a myth at first until you're hit head on with it and you realize, oh, this is a thing and it's not oh, fun. It's a, yeah. And then it gets really crappy when you're up in the mix of it and you're just kind of lost in it because you can get pulled up into it without even realizing it and then not know what to do. And, and some people just look from it, look at it from afar. And I know a couple of people in my current employment um, who look at it as I'm not getting involved. I'm just going to go to work. I'm going to keep my head down. I'm going to do my job right. and I'm going home. And I'm not mm -hmm. talking to nobody. I'm not engaging. I'm not going to be included in nothing. I'm not going to join. I just want to get paid and go away because these people are nuts. Yeah. And I see where they're coming from. And so this article kind of goes through. It's a short article. It's, you know, it says it's a three minute read. And um, I got through it a little quicker than that. But so these four rules. So the first rule is you identify the source, assess the toxicity level and forecast the timeline. I think this is kind of complex, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Um, some people can't identify the source of politics because it's kind of a, a, a big broadcast network that occurs from the top down. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, I don't know that identifying the source is going to be worthwhile, but assessing the toxicity level is because there's a lot of gossip that can run parallel to politics. And that kind of what um, some of that is, is fed through some office politics are thread through, fed through. I cannot talk tonight and I'm not drinking for reals. <laughs> <laughs> I wish promise. I wasn't. Have, I promise. I wish I wasn't. Have a good reason why I couldn't speak. Um, <laughs> so um, some office politics are definitely fed um, through gossip, if not made worse by it. And so right. you kind of have to look at the toxicity level as it, is this something that's going to be long lasting? Is it going to be short lived? Is this something specific to a project or team? I know I work with project after project at work. Some projects are easier than others. I have right. learned that the more people that are involved and the less information they have, the more toxic it is. So mm -hmm. I, I try to keep my, when I'm working on projects, I try to keep everybody as informed as possible. I annoy the crap out of people and that's okay. At least they know. Um, <laughs> at least you're aware of it. At least you're aware what's going on. You're not because I'd rather than be annoyed and aware of what's going on than ticked off with me later for not knowing anything. Because there's a no-win situation there. And if I had to choose one emotion over the other, I want annoyance over being ticked off with me. That's just yeah. me, you know, but um, but you have to, you know, in, in when you assess these situations and you kind of determine how long is this going to last? Is this going to last the the lifespan of the project, or is this something that's going to continue so long as this person is in control? Right. And in looking at that, you get to try and figure out how you're going to react to it. Now, a lot of people you'll hear, I can't help it. That's just who I am when they respond poorly to something or positively to something. And quite honestly, mm -hmm. folks, you really can control how you react to something. It may not be the way you want to react to it when you stop yourself, but it's better than reacting to something and getting into trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen somebody who would not think through their actions or their words before they would react to something. And on more than one occasion, they got talked to about it, never got right. fired for it. They're no longer with the group. They uh, willingly moved to a new role mm. um, in a different team, but consistently their reactions were very negative and very vocal. They did not stop. Mm. They, and that was always their, their biggest problem with themselves. They, they shared with me later on that they felt like they could better control themselves in those situations and they responded poorly. Mm. And so the, 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 more, the more negative you react to office politics, the more you add to it. And I, that's been my experience and that's um, I'm sure you can relate to that. Hopefully Chris, otherwise I sound like an idiot. No, my, uh, my mantra here is don't feed the trolls. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just like on the web, you know, mm -hmm. on Facebook, whatever you got somebody, you know, sort of trying to stir up the crap and you yeah. know, they, they really only, it really only happens when you, when you interact with them. So if you just yep. let it die, then, you know, be, be the bigger person. <laughs> yeah. Take the high I road. Mean, it hurts. I think the problem is it's easy. It's easy to get sucked in. Yes. Right. Oh yeah. And, and you know, oh, yeah. be a confidant or whatever. And, uh, but it's definitely easy to get sucked in. You just have to, you just have to know enough to stop the chain because it truly is a yes. chain reaction. It know? is. And it's easy to, like you said, it's easy to hop on that train and feel like you're part of the in group because everybody's doing it. But quite honestly, it's not a good idea. 
It's Mm -hmm. just let it go. That's when you put your head down and keep working unless it's something you need to report to HR, which nobody likes to report anything to HR, but sometimes it's going to be done. Some, if it, if it works, if it's helpful, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not, but you know, whatever we can, we can avoid that. So definitely uh, don't feed the trolls. Yeah. Do not that. You heard it here first folks. Don't feed the trolls. I don't think I came up with that. I can't. Somebody's probably going to call me racist for (laughs) for claiming. You're an internet racist. I'm an internet racist because I used a cliche that's been around forever. If you have any issues with Chris Batchelor, his email is. Uh, No. T A R A. Nice. Touche. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm done. (laughs) I'm out of here. I'm not playing no more. You know better. Joe Dirt Day. <laughs> At least if you could have tried to make it French, would have been cool, sexy. Uh, oh, moving on. Um, one of the other rules, it's the third rule, is to seek help and avoid gossip. Avoiding gossip is hard at work. It really is, especially if you are having one of those days and it's a great way to lash out and feel like you're just a whole bit on that. I'm... And we did do a whole bit on that, and it keeps yeah. coming up because it's a for real thing. And mm-hmm. especially in times like you've got COVID, so the standards and the requirements and the the this, the different changes, people mm-hmm. want to gossip by, well, I think they did this rule because of this. And the speculation starts growing, and that's where the gossip comes from because you hear yeah. information from what you consider be, consider to be a trusted source, mm-hmm. and, they, and that person takes an information as – fact not a truth which are two different things ask indiana jones and they just start pushing it down the the gossip mill the rumor mill and before you know it people are thinking this is a real thing this came from the top and most times it didn't Mm -hmm. and so when office politics are huge with gossip don't feed into it different things and i know um a lot of the women out there they're probably listening or probably thinking of somebody who quote unquote slept her way to the top type of political nonsense and uh, it's not as true as what people make it out to be. I've actually heard something at my current work, and it's crazy to think that that even occurs, that that kind of talk occurs today. Or, you know, that guy, you know, forced people to, you know, actually there's a guy, my former employer, that people said he just rode the coattails of other people to make his his way up to the top. And so those things like that, that's gossip. It's definitely negative, and it does not encourage good politics. Um, if there is a thing between good politics and bad politics, there's a better way to go about that. And it doesn't um, encourage great work or fostering existing connections, which is the the final um, of the four tips in the article. Uh, because a, a lot of politics and work can definitely impact productivity. And I've seen that firsthand. I know I've experienced it firsthand when you don't have um, what you think is a good backing from management, your productivity goes down. Or if you think that everything, all the decisions made are political, then you don't feel right. like you can work as hard. And I know I've, I've had that personal experience and those are the positions I just leave. I won't stick around because if I don't have the, the influence to make a change, then I'm not valued enough to make a change. So I'll, I'll, I'll find my next opportunity, but not everybody thinks that way. People mm-hmm. will stick it out because it's, it's good money. They're too scared or whatever. And so um, there's going to be times when you have to realize when you need to withdraw from a situation, you're going to have to be the better person, you know, rise above and, um, Take the high road, as you put it, so that you can, because there's other people who will do that too. And those are the relationships you need to foster and keep connected with and the people you need to do great work with. Um, And so it's, um, the politics are definitely part of the environment and part of the culture. And it could be a negative culture, but you have to do your part to help make it a gold culture. And that's really difficult, especially if you're jaded and you're worn out and you've just had it, just totally had it. Um, you got to find the the positive people to help you get past those negative humps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's my Definitely. spiel. Yeah. That's your spiel. That's my All spiel. Right. <laughs> you ready to talk about some career fails? I love talking career fails. It always makes me feel better about myself. Career fail of the week. So this one, uh, I'm not so sure how much this is going to affect this person's uh, career, but it comes from here in Kansas. Um, and this is, I guess, a week or two old now, but uh, the uh, Kansas, uh, let's see, KDHE. So the Kansas Health. Uh, it's Kansas uh, Department of Health and Environment. Is that what that is? Uh, maybe. Uh, something like that. But anyhow, they're the people that are reporting the COVID statistics here in Kansas. Oh, okay. And uh, so this was at Governor Kelly's press conference and, uh, 
Um, they showed a chart of, you know, a data set and it had two axes. Uh, you know how you can have yeah. um, an axis on the bottom and then you have one on either side. Yeah. Um, so this showed two different lines um, and the line that showed, you know, the, the, you know, basically the story they were telling, which is, you know, masks help keep the rate down. Um, that, um, that axis that showed the scale was different from the other side. And so when you plotted the data, both on the same scales, um, it showed a much different picture from what they showed in the press conference. And so there was a big hubbub about, um, uh, you know, they weren't being truthful with the data. They didn't exactly manipulate the data, but they manipulated the presentation of the data. Oh, no. Um, so, so, it, so I guess it, in the article here, it says that the... Uh, um, the cases for mandate counties were on the left axis with a range of 15 to 25, while those without mandates are based on a secondary axis on the right with a scale of four to 14. Um, so, so there, uh, so, so is this article, I'm trying to catch up to it, but is it saying that the, I mean, they, they've manipulated information, they've presented it in such a fashion to feed a narrative Pretty much. Yeah. And so they, they show both charts here, both how it was presented in the press conference. And then if you were to take and re rechart that data on the same scale. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and certainly when you look at it both on the same scale, it's basically, it looks like two flat lines almost. Right. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, something that I, uh, you know, I've seen in, in my career, um, you know, of course, work in marketing in the past and you want to present, information about products in a favorable light. And, um, you know, there's an ethical concern there if you are to manipulate the, the presentation of the data to um, lead the consumer or the person on to believe something that um, maybe is different from what you're trying to, you know, what you're trying to say. Oh, my goodness. So, and this is, who is this, this, is this the KDHE? Is that who advises the governor by chance? So the mask um, mandate I, was kind of yeah, I would assume so. And the chart shows 15 counties with mask mandates to the 90 counties that rejected the governor's order. So, you know, you're getting into, these are the people that fell in line and, and did what I told them to do. And these are the people that didn't. And, oh, look at this big dramatic difference. And the problem is when you plot the data on the same scale, there's really not a whole hill of beans of difference. Um, the line for no mask is actually fairly sh uh, flat. Um, statistically, yeah, I think you would say it's got not very much variance. Um, you know, the standard deviation is going to be fairly low. Um, and the one that with the mask is starts off higher and then becomes flat and then drops off a little bit and becomes flat again. So, um, you know, overall decline for the one with the mask, which is the, the one that they manipulated, but um, it started from a much higher place. And so, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's just sad that, uh, you know, they would kind of show this and, you know, not think that people are going to pick up on it these days. Well, yeah, that's, that, that's, it's almost in, um, that's upset. That's upsetting. It's yeah, really it's, because it's, this mask mandate was, it's the guarantee. This is how we fight this. And, uh, there's been several out there who said no, <laughs> decline, no, and right. <sighs> and I guess uh, KDHE Secretary Lee Norman, I I think he's a doctor, right? Isn't that? Um, oh, I don't know if he is. Well, he doctored the chart according to. The, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that makes him a doctor, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, he, he is a medical if, doctor. He is an MD. So he is an MD. Isn't you know, that the guy in the white coat that accompanies her at all her little speaking yeah, events? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not favorite. He's not a fan favorite of the state. I've seen a lot of um, anti-fan type statements in his honor on mm -hmm. Facebook. Um, but I mean, for me, though, this whole thing, um, because there's only one opinion and I want to see the opinion of I want to see the governor present two opinions, but that doesn't feed into the mask mandate. And yeah, I, I think what's upsetting a lot of people is they're showing they're trying to prove their narrative. Right. Right. Um, which doesn't necessarily jibe with or, um, you know, which doesn't necessarily line up with what, uh, you know, what people I think believe here in Kansas. So, right. Um, well, we're in the Midwest and we're not exactly 
I think we're a little more forgiving of a, a region than say the East or West coasts who have very different um, left or right leaning perspectives. And I know for myself, um, I like for me, I was in Walmart the other day. I had my daughter with me and it was a local Walmart, in my, my, my hometown. I didn't wear a mask. Um, I was one of the few in there that wasn't wearing a mask. And as I walked by somebody and there's several people staring at me and I'm not usually approached at Walmart unless there's something on the top shelf. And mm-hmm. then I'm asked to get it, whatever's <laughs> on the top shelf to get down. Yeah. That's hey, you're time. useful. Come help me. With <laughs> right. But um, I'm not approached otherwise. And so I saw people looking at me, but they didn't have the evil stares that people describe. Um, and I just like, and I'm used to people staring at me. I'm very tall for a female. I'm six foot one and I'm very thin. So I'm very accustomed to being stared at. But uh, this one guy passed me and he wasn't too much shorter than myself. And he was an older gentleman and he saw my naked face and he took his mask off. He's like, I agree. And just kept walking. And it's like, oh, maybe some of those looks are from people who are like, why am Mm -hmm. I wearing this thing? If you're not and nobody's approaching you, why are not? And for a while I I thought about, God, I probably would wear a mask in public because I don't want to be approached by some stranger. I get enough. I wear a, a freestyle Libre on my arm and I get enough people asking me about that stinking thing. Um, so it's like, I don't need to encourage people to come talk to me that I don't want to talk to you. But, um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm getting under the impression that people are doing this just to keep the peace and save face, mm-hmm. not because it's their quote unquote patriotic duty, which I call complete shenanigans on. Uh, but I don't, I think if, um, I don't think people really want to wear the mask. They're just doing it just to be like, okay, shut up, leave me alone. And yeah. now stuff like this, gosh, that's, that's I think bad. the thing that I would like to see is, when are we going to stop wearing the mask? Like, you know, there's, oh. there's got to be some scientists out there that, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, after six months, you're good. Or Well, we were told we're supposed to stop wearing it by now. Remember, this was supposed to be a couple <laughs> yeah. month thing. And uh-huh. if you don't wear it, you're dead. Well, I'm still waiting. <laughs> like, right. Some of us have been waiting for a yeah. while to die. And it's not mm-hmm. happening. We were promised death and we didn't get it. So now what? But I think part of the problem cheated me death. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Finally, I used one of my nine lives, unfortunately for this, <laughs> I'm not sure it was worth it, uh, but there, I don't, and I'm sure you were aware, Chris, a, a couple weeks ago, there was a lot of doctors who came out on their white summit conference, whatever white Coke. I don't know what that thing was called. Yeah. I, I think but, that was a big political stunt. I'm not so sure that they had a bunch of credibility. You know, they, I don't believe that there was any, any uh, doctors that were, you know, super familiar with how viruses spread and things like that as, as far as it is that that's what they study. Right. I think a lot of the doctors were, um, they were, you know, they were usually un- unrelated medical profit. Yeah. So, they were typical practicing doctors. They all had their credentials that you could look up and, uh, discredit because some people, several of them were being discredited left to right. And with the, the yeah, right. female lead was fired from her position for being involved with it. But, uh, I still have access to my, um, Oh, my online library from the, from one of the colleges that I've attended and there's studies out there that do show these drugs can be effective. It doesn't show hundred percent, but nothing really does. Right. But there's, I mean, having that kind of backlash, you know, what, what better way to fight that than to say, no, that drug doesn't work. And now you need to wear your mask more. Right. You know, it's, it's like those people are saying, you know, by you, my somebody like me not wearing my mask, it inhibits the, the progress for everybody else. But at the same time, I don't know. There's there. I haven't seen anything significant on one side or the other that says, you well, know, this, it's a virus. Thing, We're not right? going we, to beat it. We haven't. We've gotten mixed information. That, you know, oh, at yeah. first you did need the mask, and you didn't need the mask. Now you do need a mask, but now you need a certain type of mask. And it's like, does anybody really know? You know, and and right. then they're saying, oh, the, you know, that the bandana things that go all the way around your head. You know, that I like to wear. They're saying, oh, mm-hmm. well, those aren't. You know, those aren't effective now. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, come on. You know. Well, now they're I saying mean, that the, the one-way ventilator masks, the CDC just came out and said those aren't effective either. Well, yeah, I think that because they're saying they're a risk to other people because it doesn't stop you from spewing stuff into the world. Well, right? and so here's my thing so. on it. We have the flu season, which nobody has talked about at all. Right. I, had, I finally, for the first time ever, had somebody offer me my flu shot. And I was like, eh, no, I'd rather have the flu and get sick and be healthy on my own. They're like, no, totally agree. But I have to ask you by my per their policy in their store, they have to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't heard anything about the flu or the cold and the coronavirus and this, when this COVID-19 and the cold are both coronaviruses, they're from the same viral families. Right. Um, but we're not talking about that anymore. And for the last few years, the news, and I've been a big loyal 
um, viewer of ABC, not because I liked it, but because I'm too lazy to change the channel in the morning for my nighttime shows when I turn the TV on to listen as I get ready in the morning. Well, now I we know the, your secret. Yes, exactly. It's changed now because I can't stand ABC. But um, so the last few years, there's been a huge push from the media outlets that I watched um, from ABC the, to, to be afraid of the flu. The flu season's awful. It's terrible. It's killing people. Get your vaccination. This is what you need to do. These, I mean, mm -hmm. just on and on and on. It was just like, seriously, can you report on anything? Isn't there something happy to report on? Yeah. And now they don't, they're not reporting on the flu. They're reporting on the COVID-19 because it's new. It's, you know, for lack of a better way to put it for the media, it's fun. It's sexy. And everybody wants to know. So everybody's going to tune in. And so I really, hmm. really feel like this whole, if, if it wasn't for the media, if the doctors had just handled this like they're supposed to, this would not be an issue. We would not be wearing masks. We don't wear masks in the flu season. And there's yeah. far more deaths to far more populations of people, far more different variations of ages and different, I mean, it's not just the older folks that are high risk for flu, everybody, pregnant women. I had H1N1 when it was a pandemic and that thing was awful, but you got it. You got past it. You got over it. And I was pregnant when I had H1N1. Mm -hmm. and so it's like, I don't know. I think if the media had just not been exploited on this one, I don't think we would be discussing it near like we are today. I think yeah. one of those things where doctors like, well, you got something. We don't know what it is. So let's treat you for the flu. Right. But yep. I suppose I'll digress. Let's talk tech. You're in the IT corner. I have a rather funny story here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell on my daughter here a little bit, but um, you know she gets she she likes to clean up, which is cool, you know. And uh, she was cleaning up the bathroom, uh -oh. uh, and uh, but anyhow, um, I probably went too far already, um, so uh, I'll restart that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a little story of my daughter here, and. Uh, um, but it starts off with, you know, I had a, a pair of AirPods, uh, Apple AirPods that I would use and I use them quite often cause we're on the phone all day with meetings at work and things yeah. like that. So, you know, I'm, I, and I use them for when I go walking at night, that sort of thing. Um, and so I, I, you know, one day I just couldn't find them and I'm really conscious about not losing them because I was almost obsessed with not losing them because they're so small and they're tiny and they fit right. in a little case. And so, you know, I got really in the habit of putting them in the case and making sure that they were there. And I, I knew where the case was and I didn't leave it in my pocket and washing my pants or something like that. Right. Well, it went, you know, three, four days go by and I can't find it and check with the kids, check at their mom's house, you know, check their backpacks. Nope. Nobody can find it. Right. So like, well, they, they're lost forever. I figured they were maybe in my pants pocket when I was walking and maybe they fell out or, you know, somebody found a nice pair on the sidewalk or something. So, right. You know, I told my daughter uh, when I picked her up, I said, look, you know, if you know, if you can find these AirPods, they're yours. Because I went out and bought the Bose SoundSport wireless earbuds, sweatproof Bluetooth headphones for running and sports, comma black. But I didn't start with those. Uh, since I had the AirPods, I decided, well, I'll try the AirPods Pro, right? They're right. a little more expensive, but they're supposed to be noise canceling. And Apple generally makes pretty good stuff. Um, so I tried that. I bought them. I, excuse me. Um, I bought them and I had them for a couple of days and I brought them back cause I couldn't get them to stay in my ear. It drove me nuts. Oh, yeah. It was either as soon as my ear would get a little bit sweaty, they would just kind of like slide out. Um, oh, and so I, I just, I took them back. I couldn't, I couldn't spend that much money on something and not have them fit properly. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, so I picked these up at Costco. These are the Bose sound sport, uh, wireless earbuds. They, um, I did get the red pair, but I, I linked to the black ones on here and actually they're really comfortable. Oh, yeah? um, they, they fit in my ear pretty good. Um, they come with these diff different size ear things to change the size of the ear piece. You know, the piece that actually goes in your ear. And then yeah. there's a little wing thing that fits inside your earlobe to keep it in there. Right. Um, and I found out that I have, I must be weird because I have a small one on one side and a medium side on the other. <laughs> <laughs> but they actually fit really good and they're very snug once they're in. Um, they're not noise canceling like the AirPods, the AirPod Pros were which, right? um, I mean, is nice, but not a need to have. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they sound fine on phone calls. Nobody's told me that they, they can't hear me or anything like that. So, yeah. 
Um, I rather like them. They have this little clip that clips to the back of your collar so they don't fall off on one side or the other. See, I was going to ask um, you because I can see with the we're at the I'm at the Amazon link that you provided, and it's got they're not two single earbuds; they're connected between the two. Yeah, they're they're, they're connected a with a wire, which is what I liked because the one thing I found with those AirPods is that they are just so easy to lose one or the other, right? Okay. Um, and to me, I was like, I, I had a pair of earphones like this that. I, I literally had a set of Jaybirds uh, that I had for five years, and I finally, oh. um, finally decided that the battery was lasting like ten minutes in them, and and that you know I time to go <laughs> probably time to get a new pair after five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, my daughter ends up using, were, you know, was using those because uh, she found them laying around, um, and uh, so anyhow, I got these, and I'm really happy with them. They they have this little clip that clips on your collar so it doesn't fall off. Um, and they're, they're pretty easy to put in and take out of, out of your ear. And, um, when you put them in your ear and turn the little button on top on, you can feel the button nicely. So it's easy to turn on and off. Nice. Um, and I was actually able to pair them to my phone and to my laptop so that I can switch between the two, which is convenient, uh, for doing calls yeah. at work. And, uh, and when you turn them on, they tell you what battery percentage they have, which is nice because yes. I've had pairs that don't do that and then they die on you and you're like what <laughs> so these <laughs> yes. tell you how much battery they have all, all, you know when you turn them on so uh overall really really like them um definitely would recommend them to anybody that's going to do uh you know any bit of moderate exercise that sort of thing uh, or even if you just need a pair of earbuds to just talk on the phone you know while you're at work say so, uh, so i'm a cyclist would they be good if i'm out cycling around and first thing in the morning yeah they would um I don't know with, you know, with cycling, you never want to cover your ears up totally like that. Cause it can be dangerous to not hear. I just cars use one. And, yep. Yeah. I just use the one, but you could use just the one and clip it to your collar. Right. Right. And let the other one dangle. I think that would be fine. Cool. Nice. Yeah. They, they work pretty good. The, the price on the uh, Amazon here is a little higher than I paid uh, at Costco. I think I only paid 80 bucks at Costco and they're listed for 129 here on Amazon. So uh, definitely check them bad. out at Costco if you if you have a chance. Well, yeah, boss, Bose or Boss? How do you pronounce that? It's it's Bose. Bose. Okay, good yeah. because I don't want to offend anybody or be racist. But so <laughs> um, but I've actually been a I've been a big Bose fan for a long time, um, and they actually they're a company from Massachusetts where I grew up, um, oh. and so uh, yeah, they 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 really do nice uh, nice stuff. You know, and they've recently gotten into more of the consumer level things because it used to be that Bose products were extremely expensive. They were very high end. Uh, um, yeah. The last 10 years here or so, they've gotten more into the consumer market. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Well, so that's your first one. What's the second one? What's this? This. Uh, so if any, yeah. So if anybody's a design nerd, I've got a cool link here in the show notes. Um, and an artist took the time to reveal what, what fonts were used in famous logos oh, and there's cool. 30 of them here. So they have, uh, Adidas is avant-garde. Uh, oh they have Twitter is Pico, which Pico. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, North face is, is hell of a guy. I'll be uh, darn. I'm familiar Energizer. With um, it's amazing how many, if you go look through this, how many of these were the same kind of font, right? Yeah. Um, but they have eBay, YouTube, Calvin Klein, oh, this is um, fun. Red Bull. So this is the kind of design stuff I think is pretty, pretty cool. This is cool. Cause you kind of, you don't even think about it and, um, you, you just, you don't even, you just figure somebody's got their own kind of font that they, you know, they're not using anything specific. This is cool. Nope, this kind of makes nope. it more real. You can, you can download these fonts or they're, they may already oh. be installed in your computer. There's a bunch of these that are. Uh, that are already come on your computer and uh, it's pretty, pretty simple. That's um, funny. The the That's one awesome. that uh, what's interesting here is they talk about star Wars, but they don't have any of the narrative or the backstory, but I do know that the star Wars logo um, was hand done. It wasn't part of a computer generated font at the time. So I'm oh, sure that wow. that, that star Wars logo, you know, inspired the, the, uh, the font that came afterwards. Oh, I'm sure. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Grand Theft Autos is actually called <laughs> Price Down Black. Price Down Black. <laughs> Who knows? That looks like a game show font. Like a, That's what that looks like. Something you would see like the Price is Right or something. That's yeah. funny. And the FedEx logo is uh, Futura, which is oh a really God. common font. Um, yeah. yeah. It's really interesting to see how, how common some of these fonts are. Oh, yeah, um, they are. But that's just kind of a fun, fun design thing, I, I think. 
Oh, that is cool. I'm glad that is really cool. Yeah. Funny. So for all the nice. design nerds out there. I mean, they're, they are out there. We gotta, everybody needs love. <laughs> Welcome to Media Madness. So what's your first pick here on Media Madness? So my pick is a book that um, I've read and I actually, when I do coaching, because I um, coach on soft skills and personal relationships, is this is the first book I advise any of my clients to read and it's Critical Thinking, Tools for Taking Charge of Your Professional and Personal Life. And this particular one is the second edition. There are, obviously there's more than one and I've only read this one. Um, this book is by Dr. Richard. I know, always, I mean, which kind of goes into how the book is played out. <laughs> But the, this book is written by doctors Richard W. Paul and Linda Elder. And so the reason I love this book is I had um, my first big real aha moment for myself during my undergrad um, where I was forced to read this book as part of a class. And this book breaks down critical thinking and how to do it because it's one of the skill sets that a lot of employers are looking for from individuals now. And they're actually listing it on job descriptions as critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. And this book helps you to understand what that is and how to develop it, because it is something you can develop. And right. so the, the, the book focuses on understanding that there's two types of brains in the world, uh, or that brains can be broken down to two specific types. That's the fair-minded type of thinking and then the weak-minded. And so um, in reading the book, I figured out that I had been a weak-minded thinker for a number of years. Um, that was kind of disappointing for myself, because I always thought, hey, I'm smart. I get straight A's, you know, I, that doesn't mean Jack, apparently, <laughs> and this book helped me to understand that. And one of the things about this book that was also a real big aha moment for me was um, critical thinking means not lying to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know that was a thing. I just knew that, oh, yeah, that's not me was something I always said to people until I read this book. I'm like, oh, crap, I lied to myself a lot. <laughs> and so I had to come to terms with some of the things I didn't like about myself um, when I was going through these classes. And and so I suggest this book as the first read to my clients because it helps to understand if you don't know how your thought processes are um, framed, then it's really hard to understand anything about yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I suggest this book. And of course, I get eye rolls. Like, do I have to read it? And I'll read it with my clients too to help them like a little book club. But um, it's really great for starting that initial process for learning about yourself and mm -hmm. connecting back to yourself. And this is coming up because I had signed up to be a mentor on Facebook through one of the um, groups that I'm a part of. And I was actually getting ready to um, disconnect myself from the group. I used to write for the website exclusively and all of my um, original stuff is still posted there. And um, I departed from that. My, st my stuff is still there, but I've taken my stuff to my own website. Um, and so I started getting clients. Um, I've, I've picked up a few from there. And um, this is one of those things that I was talking to one of my clients to recently that this book would be really great for them to read because they're, they, they're, they don't know who they are. They don't know how to find out who they are. They're, you know, mm -hmm. this particular client is um, not too far from retirement age is kind of just lost. And so this book, in my opinion, based on my experiences, is a really great way to reconnect with yourself and understand Ooh how to, how to grow from the inside out. And so it's probably not the most entertaining book in the world to read, not like some of the stuff that we've put out there, but it's definitely a great book, um, for self-development and self-help if you're into that sort of thing, like I am. Awesome. Yeah. And it's pretty cheap. If you go on Amazon, you can <laughs> buy the used copies for under five bucks. Yes. Yep. There's, there's all, there's all kinds of, and it's just get a used copy. For real, there's some newer ones out there, but just get the used one. It's it's um there's more than one edition out there. So uh, make your notes in the margins and hold on to it. I still have my no, I don't have my book. I lent it out to my clients and she never gave it back. So I have to replace mine. <laughs> no, Chase her down. <laughs> well, I would, but she's she's not doing her own thing, so there's no doing that. But um highly recommend this book, highly believe in it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely check that out, but you're going to force me to read an actual book and not a Kindle edition of something it looks like. See, you know, there's nothing, there's a thing about feeling the book in your fingers what's that, what's flipping that the stuff page. That's printed on? Is it, is it called paper? Paper. Paper? Paper? I know you are the one, it's so hard to keep up with these sometimes. Somebody had asked me, are you familiar with OneNote? I'm like, yeah, my boss forces me to use it all the time. And now that I'm home, <laughs> I can sneak paper all over well, my desk and he never knows. I only force you to use it because it's the only one that are... <laughs> work once this year there's way and, better things out there than one note just for the record so everybody <laughs> knows that i don't 
generally endorse the use of <laughs> OneNote, but something like that is helpful. Well, but and when you're going from meeting to meeting and you're using your laptop, it's a good way to go. But I'm not yeah, yeah, going yeah. from, I'm not it, traveling it. from meeting to meeting. I'm in my, I'm here yeah. with my notebook and you can't see it. So I use, uh, just so everybody knows, I use good notes on the iPad for taking handwritten notes. Oh my God. Um, I love that thing. <gasps> good notes is also really helpful because you can use the iPad to take pictures of documents or pictures of something I on the wall that. or whatever, and you can put it in the document. I so um, I've that. used that for a long time. That thing is so awesome. I've seen it. It looks since I want one. That's I could take yeah. notes on that thing because you can write and I love to write. Yep. So. And then I also use uh, Evernote, not not so much as I used to, but I still have yes. it. Um, and that's where I store and manage all my documents is within Evernote. So yeah, I do something similar. Yes, mm -hmm. I love Evernote. And, and I used to, I do, I still do this. I save a lot of articles to Evernote, and I'll tag them with with the read tag, um, and then I'll have a list of stuff to go read through. So um, yeah, it's great. Usually, when I was traveling, I would download everything to my iPad and then cruise through a bunch of that stuff on a flight, but uh, not so much anymore. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> yep. So what are your picks? What do you got? Um, so I have two here. Uh, one is a coming soon. So I'll talk about that at the end. Uh, but the first one is called the big men documentary, uh, yeah. or just titled big men. Um, and it's, a. I really haven't finished the whole thing. I've got a few minutes left on the end of it, but it's really fascinating. Um, and it talks about, um, oil, uh, exploration and, and, starting the oil industry in Ghana. And, uh, and it's really kind of fascinating because, um, you know, it's bringing industry to a country that, you know, is, you know, has not much of it. Um, and they right. they cover some of the issues of, uh, you know, what happens when, um, you bring in an industry like that and some of the inequities that become apparent when you have, uh, industries coming in with money and, uh, how the money's distributed between the, you know, the people and um, politicians that are involved and all that kind of stuff. So it's really um, kind of an interesting show. Uh, it's about an hour and a half long, uh, but it's really right. fascinating. It's, it's really well shot. I think it's uh, it's shot in a style that brings you um, pretty close to people. I mean, you feel like you're really part of the interview um, so right. it's, it's very organic. Um, and I just, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, I was the other night I was like, ah, I, I have work to do, but I just need something that's not, you know, work. work. And, you know, I was cruising through on Hulu, I think. And I was like, God, nothing really looked enticing. Right. Um, so I was like, well, I'll, I'll try this. Um, and so it's got some pretty big name producers behind it. Uh, and, Ooh. uh, but I really liked the style that it was shot in. So. Nice. So there's that. And uh, and on the docu kick here, I've got a bonus one called Rebuilding Paradise. Uh, so does that mean we're colonizing a new planet? We can all go there? No, not quite. It's in California. Oh, oh I mean, no. you can go there. <laughs> but you're not colonizing a new planet by any Dang stretch. Uh, no, this one is, uh, is uh, done. Um, oh, the city. The city of Paradise uh, was consumed by wildfires. And yeah. uh, National Geographic um, did a, oh. a docu on this, and it was basically the aftermath of, of that fire and how they're uh, putting it all together. But um, what caught my eye is uh, I ran into it because of another podcast I listened to on cinematography, and uh, they had uh, an interview with the director, who happened to be Ron Howard, um, who's, who's pretty mm -hmm. well-known. He's had a lot of things to his credit. Um, and he's not typically a docu person right but he he decided to do this one um and it's uh it's it's really um supposedly very good i've watched the trailer the trailer looks pretty good um it's not quite out yet you can pre-order it for 14.99 um so i'm going to hold off on spending my monies on it till it's actually available yeah. um but uh it looks to be very good and uh, something to watch oh wow that's awesome so that is awesome yeah. i'm gonna check that one out i am gonna look at that one I'm not sure when uh, when it's actually going to be out, but I think it should be pretty pretty soon. Nice. You can go watch the trailer there. Um, it yeah. says July 31st, 2020, so it's been released. Oh. I think it's just going to take a little bit of time for it to be available on demand. Yeah, sometimes these things, I'd, um, I've seen some other documentaries that take a while to get passed around once they're released because they don't go through the, the mainstream production that some of your Hollywood movies do, so it does take a little bit, but that's... 
Yeah, That's awesome. it says here in uh, Kansas you can screen it in Salina um, okay. at the Salina Art Center. Well, on and sometimes fourteenth. So sometimes your local movie theaters, if you let them know or you um, petition them that you want to see something, they can get it. And right. so you might talk to your local theater to see if that's something they're willing to screen. And it may just be something they screen for a day or something, some, you know, something that's because it may not attract the largest crowd, but um, mm -hmm. that could be, I know we've, we've done something like that in Derby before. And so that's definitely a possibility in other towns that they will, they'll bring something in if you ask for it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like watching these things. I, I watch them from a perspective of how did they shoot that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, was I, like, I like filmmaking and I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to that. So yeah, you're cinematography um, based in there too. That's so that that's one of the reasons I want to watch it because they talked about how they made it and the cameras they used and the style they used and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, oh, I'm kind awesome. of interested for that, but you know, I've also um, got some proposals out for some, some docs that I want to make here. So I'm, currently looking for some folks to fund those because you know it's not free but nope, nothing uh, is. you know every everything you can learn from these things i think is only uh only makes it better you know yeah oh yeah i think you, there's a lot of great things to learn from that that's awesome i'll be checking that one out so yeah ho hopefully we'll, they'll be able to watch that on demand here soon and uh, it looks to be very um visually uh interesting so oh yeah um, but apparently they used a lot of different media when they made it. There was a lot of cell phone video and things like that from the actual fire. So. Oh, wow. That'd be heart wrenching. Oh yeah. We just love the, we love the sad stuff on this show. Oh God. <laughs> well, what do you think? Should we wrap it up? I think we, yeah, I guess so. We're going to leave it on a sad note, huh? I don't really want to, but do you have a joke you could tell or something? I mean, uh, take it up a notch. What, what did the zero say to the eight? Oh no. What? Nice build. Nice build. God. But I'm bumped. That's a bad joke for you. <laughs> well, we thank you for listening to this episode of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. If you like this episode, show us a little love by posting a review on iTunes and don't forget to send us a few bucks on Patreon or PayPal. We'll love you forever because making a podcast isn't free. To get the show notes for this episode, head over to the bizandmayhem.com website. That's B-I-Z-A-N-D-M-A-Y-H-E-M.com and look for season one, episode 12. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, have fun in the mayhem. Bye.